Greetings, Earthlings, and welcome to your weekly dose of newsy infotainment. It's Let's Be Treasonable coming to you from various places in and around Los Angeles, including Treasonable Studios, with your cognitive dissidents on the panel this week. She is a comedian you may have seen on Last Comic Standing. She is a mom and a Huffington Post contributor. Not to mention, she is the author of the children's book, Little Libby and the Right to Vote. Always a pleasure to have her here with us. Ladies and gentlemen, Katie Massa-Kennedy. Welcome, Katie. Thank you, and it is always a pleasure to be here, and it is a blessed day. I hope you are having a blessed day it's, as well. I, you know, it is uh, it is an interesting one so far, but I am I am blessed by a full mug of coffee. So <laughs> at this point, uh, that's that's pretty much all the blessing I require. But we we are an audio podcast, so I I do want to share this if if you don't mind. But uh, Katie is enjoying the morning out side uh wearing the shades we're getting some uh some beautiful beams of sunlight in the background yeah looks looks like a damn good day to be katie massa kennedy it is it's good to be the queen <laughs> right on well yas queen welcome to <laughs> the panel as always we are also joined by comedian scholar and the black voice of reason always a pleasure to introduce mr time and ship welcome sir Thank you, Dave. Um, power to the people. Good to be here as we talk about, you know, frying his fool on, on or I should <laughs> say, my mother would say, fricassee his ass. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I would love to have your mom's cookbook and send it to Washington, D.C. But, uh, <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you for being here. Uh, me, I'm, I'm Dr. David Robinson. I am your Vin Scully for the impending apocalypse. And we do have plenty to talk about including news breaking this morning as we are recording but first a message from our sponsors at community spread it's morning in america and people are waking up to the great taste of community spread i kind of want toast but it can be so boring butter margarine jams jellies I want something new. Here, try this. It's community spread. But you've already taken a bite out of it. What are you, smooth down there? Try it. Whoa, that's sick. But what's in it? What's in community spread? We're still waiting for the CDC to let us know. Well, it's deli- Wait, did he just say the CDC? That's right. Community spread. Available at... Actually, I don't know where I got it. No, but seriously, back to that CDC thing. And it's not just for toast. Pancakes, waffles, sandwiches... Why, there's no telling where it'll show up. Community spread isn't recommended for older adults or people with chronic health conditions. Stop using community spread if you've experienced difficulty breathing or shortness of breath, persistent pain or pressure in the chest, bluish lips or face, new confusion, or an inability to arouse. Community spread. From the folks who brought you, I can't believe I'm not better. It's the toast-topping sensation that's sweeping the nation, and there's nothing you can do about it. And new from the makers of Community Spread, it's Unmitigated Spread Variants. If you barely acknowledged Community Spread before, try Unmitigated Spread Variants. The UK variant goes great with period dramas and tea with milk in it. The California variant made with avocados from Mexico. And the Brazilian variant that goes down so smooth, it's like there's nothing there. Unmitigated Spread Variants. It's time for another peak. Well, it is the seventh mm. Saturday of the oh, new no. year. <laughs> uh. 
presumably the Vegemite variants. <laughs> Ve- Vegemita Vita variant. Uh, <laughs> Vegemita vitamins. <laughs> uh, <laughs> when you're too pop to poop, it is. Uh, <laughs> it is the seventh Saturday of the new year. Presumably the last day of the second impeachment trial of the former president. But uh, we we are currently in the midst of another pause for a Republican objection. So who knows? It is the beginning of the year of the ox and being the 13th of February. That also means it's National Cheddar Day, National Tortellini Day, Global Movie Day, and Galentine's Day. So, Katie, I already wished you before the show, but a happy Galentine's Day to you. Why don't you hold on? Why don't you keep the name Galentine's out of your whore mouth? <laughs> <laughs> There's whores about Galentine's. Well, just just when I say it, That's but it's mine. yeah, it's uh, it's my general vibe. I think you know we we were talking a little bit before the show because when I'm doing my show prep every week and and getting my notes together, I always go on to Google and what national day is it? And I honestly thought that it would be something like national unused condom day. Like this is, this is the day to replace the condom that you bought the day before Valentine's day last year. That is still sitting in your wallet unused, (laughs) but uh, hopefully, hopefully unused. Yeah. uh, Just a pro tip pro reservoir tip. Once they're used, no need to save them. Although I did have a uh, a friend in college, my uh, former writing partner, who said that uh, you could reuse condoms. You just had to turn them inside out and shake the fuck out of them. Oh, <laughs> oh come on. This shake is a family, shake so. the fuck out. It is. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> I'm going to have to readjust my, my line of thought. Then. <laughs> but it is the eve of Valentine's Day. So. So there's there's a lot of love in this room. We are uh, just 24 days into the new government, and as of today, we've got... Timpani. Four hundred eighty thousand six hundred eighty-three Americans dead from the coronavirus, and twenty-seven million five hundred thirty-three thousand five hundred confirmed cases, with thirty-five point eight million people having gotten at least one dose of the vaccine, with more than twelve point one million of them fully vaccinated. So, some good news there. And as long as we're doing the numbers, we still have 628 immigrant children who may stand a chance of being reunited with their parents because it is no longer, as we can currently see being played out in the Senate, no longer Donald Trump's America. Although there are some senators who still haven't gotten that memo Chiefly among them, uh, the the oh-so-treasonous Ron Johnson, Ted Uh Cruz, Josh Hawley, Lindsey Graham. The reason I want to start with Lindsey Graham is because if you've been keeping track of what's going on with the impeachment hearings, and if you're listening to the show, I'm guessing you have, the Trump call to Georgia Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger, not Ben Roethlisberger, as erroneously cited by <laughs> Trump's lawyers. And not Philadelphia either. <laughs> uh, 
Oh, so gritty. So, so gritty. But uh, the the call from Trump to Raffensperger did come up as part of the impeachment hearing as the House managers were explaining that this isn't just about Trump's speech on the 6th, but the pattern of behavior and his repetition of the big lie. And the the call to uh, the the Georgia Secretary of State saying that he needed just eleven thousand votes, you know, mm-hmm. uh, all very damning evidence uh, in the hands of anyone who isn't a Republican senator who's unwilling to acknowledge the reality of the situation. But it was announced this week <laughs> that the Fulton County DA has launched an investigation into Donald Trump. And a lot of people forget, but uh, Lady G had also placed a call to uh, Georgia election officials saying that they need to they need to rethink their position and and find find some more votes for Donald Trump. So we we've got uh, we've got some serious election interference. And as the trial has been going on in the Senate this week. I've seen a bit of chatter online, people asking, and I I believe, if I'm not mistaken, Trump's attorneys even suggested that uh, he should be tried in a court of law rather uh, than the political trial in the Senate. As uh, As the old taco commercial goes, why not both? And this isn't a double jeopardy kind of situation where, oh, well, he's already been tried in the Senate, so you can't try him in an actual court. No, these are that those would be two completely different proceedings. Although, <clears throat> I wonder, and realizing that none of us are lawyers, so opinions welcome, should things go the way we expect them to with the Republicans stymieing justice and voting to... Uh, acquit Trump in in the Senate. Would that hold up as evidence in a court trial? That well, he's he's already been acquitted in the Senate, so this this trial is uh, over and done with. There's no need to have it. Pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. Well, well, they screwed up when they tried to turn it. They started talking like it was a criminal trial, but they told them they had to let them know you can't do that. This is a political trial. Basically, he has. He started an insurrection. We didn't, you know, is it criminal? It could be, if depending on, I mean, you know, if you look at it, Manson got people to kill folks. Thank you so much. I've been waiting all week for someone to bring him up. Never went into the house. Nope. Died in jail. Yes. (laughs) You just want to say squeaky. uh, Yeah, I mean, the thing, I mean... I mean, it's the same with, you know, they remember they've done the Jim Jones thing. They've done the David Koresh crap, you know. And like they said, Trump was planning this for weeks. I mean, months. Years he started even. out. I mean, and they, the beauty of television, they say, oh, I hate the media. Where the media helps you is that they put, they, we have some of the best journalists and some of the most, I mean, that's been doing this stuff. I mean, uh, some of the smartest people, they set, they put together a timeline. And when they put that timeline together, that's your ass. And Trump has been on television all the time for the last five years. He has been on TV. They can go all the way back and put something together. I mean, you got the best investigators. 
You got the best. I mean, everything. He's done. Now, whether they convict him or not, that's just them. But they're going to go down with him because in, in 2022, people are going to remember this crap. Hopefully. And they're not. They're, they're, they're exposing all about Republicans. I mean, the Republican Party, they really want him gone. Mitch McConnell and those guys want him out. There's not going to be. They don't want this being called the Trump Party. That's tough to say, though, because, I mean, just this morning, McConnell said that he was going to vote for acquittal. And, you know, he was putting that out there as his way of influencing the other Republican senators. But 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 his game plan didn't work. Remember, he wanted Lindsey to wait because that way Trump would be out of office. And then you you could say, oh, well, he's out of office. You can't we, we you know, we we can't convict him. OK, so Lindsey waited. But. The Democrats told you, yeah, we're still going to go after him. We're not because someone's got to be held accountable for when, what went down. Then when, Ryan, when Rand Paul pulled the shit that he did and turned around and got everybody, to, 45 guys to, to sign up, Lindsey wasn't expecting that. He didn't know Rand Paul was going to because Lindsey was thinking that, hey, maybe his whole thing was we'll just maybe censor him or, you know, once he's out of office, that'll be done. Then he had he had no choice but to sign. He's got all these guys are really selling their soul on something that's going to cost them professionally for a long time. Well, and that makes got, that makes sense because in what would seem like a, a total Trump move, they're selling something they don't have. Right, and they're still banking on these whole this whole seventy four or eighty million people. If Biden Biden just bought another 200 million vaccines, he already is, so he's got a total of 300 million coming. When they get all these people, if they get by June, if all those people get vaccinated, if they smooth out this this whole you know way of getting the vaccine into people's arms, if they smooth that out, I'm telling you, it's it's over the moon from there. Everything will be that they let they've already let them know. Hey man, if you just let us do this. If he can get that done and then they pass the stimulus bill, it's over. Trump will be, I mean, whether, you, whether you like him, whether he screws up the last two years or does just mediocre, if he gets, if he gets that first year out of, out of the way, because remember, people really only care. They only want their money and they want their shot. That's all they care about. They want to go back to normal. But you can't go back to normal. Like they said, you can't get back to normal until you take care of the getting the vaccine in people's arms you got to take care of the virus a side note and a question before we we pass the mic over to katie do you suppose the folks at johnson and johnson are already talking to m&m's publishing people about uh using his music in their commercial for their vaccine you get one shot you know the eight mile shit i don't know these are things i think about maybe maybe i need more coffee katie your your thoughts (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> hmm gosh i have a lot i have a lot of thoughts about um about this senate trial this morning um yes you're right i'm not a lawyer but i do know that there is absolutely no overlap between this and a criminal trial it's not like oh he was acquitted here so that would have ramifications going into a criminal trial so you know so that so that is actually i, I will say this about the without being just just with, without taking any kind of emotion or how much I hate Republicans <laughs> out, <laughs> out of this, 
here, here's what the, here's what they wanted to do with this trial. Um, they never wanted it to happen because they don't want to be on the record with anything. But basically, what they want is to vote in the way that means that they're doing nothing. Yeah, and I think you that know, was like, that was apparent. Like basically, and that and that, and there was a bit of back and forth there for a while whether voting for to convict would mean doing nothing. Do you know what I mean? Right. Or voting to acquit would mean doing nothing. And we'd have a little back and forth there. Like Nikki Haley, who I think, I can't stand the woman, but I think she is a brilliant, um, I, I think she's a brilliant strategist. Yeah. She came out yesterday saying, no, this is awful. What he did was awful. We cannot, we cannot support this. What, you know, I mean, and it's like, this was like a 180. I was like, oh, hell, maybe she's seen the data and she's like nope this is not what we want to do so we want to we want to vote to so then i was like okay maybe they're going to vote to convict again this has nothing to do with morality or that i think republicans are good people or whatever none of that none of that just a basic calculation yeah oh um, it's all self-interest now, yeah but now with mcconnell coming out and just saying you know what no i'm i'm we shouldn't be well i mean the the balls on this the, the old the, the old shriveled balls on this guy he's <laughs> He, you know, him saying that, you know, you can't do this to a private citizen because it's too late. And, and you know, after, after he was the one that delayed it. But I got to say, it's deliciously opening the door for the criminal trial. Yeah. And, Although, and the witnesses not being called, one, which was infuriating, is now sounding pretty good. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, I'm well, no, you bring up you bring up McConnell's argument. And this is something, you know, that I've, I've posited on on the Facebook this week. And I have a lot of friends who are lawyers, all of whom either their algorithms have already tuned me out or they're smart enough not to answer this question in a public forum because free legal advice, come on, you don't want to set that precedent. But I, I have been thinking about this, that McConnell delayed the trial. He, the trial could have started while Trump was still in office, mm-hmm. but he decided to delay it until after the inauguration and then tried to make a case that you can't try a private citizen. And I've been wondering, would that not open him up to charges of obstruction of justice? And knowing that the Republicans, especially in the Senate, are are purely political animals, I, I you know, I'm not a big fan of, of doing things just to posture in a political manner, but if you want to fuck with people, you, you know, it's, it's a Kung Fu kind of thing. You use their energy against them. So if they revel and bathe in politics, then that's what you use to hurt them. Well, you saw how McCarthy and Ron Johnson got into it. <laughs> yeah. Ron. Oh God. Ron Johnson. I mean. He's up there with Jordan. I mean, him and Jordan, Jordan screwed him. Well, Jordan. T- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I agree. Yeah. Ruh, ruh. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean Jim yeah, Jordan. Jim Jordan is uh, he's he's another another thing altogether. But I'd like Ron Johnson. I I didn't think there was anyone in in the Senate that was dumber than Tommy Tupperville. <laughs> Ron Johnson may be it. Yeah, I mean, uh, I also I mean, want to point out that he looks like an old drunk. <laughs> Well, and, and you He's know, they talk about gl- them glassy eyes. When hey. they talk about McCarthy, you know, they talk McCarthyism. You know, McCarthy was an alcoholic. He was a raging alcoholic. The guy drank like a fish. 
Yeah. And uh, by the by the way, much. just for clarification and legal coverage, we're we're talking about the the former uh, red hunting senator from Wisconsin, <laughs> not not the current Joe, tool Joe of Putin. <laughs> yeah, not uh, Kevin McCarthy, the the tool of Putin and Trump by extension. <clears throat> and I I think I I've got. To, I wanted them to subpoena him so that they could so they could say, hey, listen, why why did you swear to God? that Putin is paying Trump. <laughs> yeah, that would have been an interesting question. But I also, like, when when I, I actually got some sleep last night because figured I wanted to be fresh for the show. And so I woke up around 8, 8.30 this morning to the news that the, the Senate had voted to have witnesses in the trial. And this is something that has been kind of bothering me ever since it was brought up. But they they decided against witnesses, but uh, they wanted to admit Representative Jamie Herrera Butler's statement about Kevin McCarthy's phone call into evidence. And ever since she brought it up, I've been wondering, well, why don't you, you know, why are, why are we talking to her about it? It was Kevin McCarthy's phone call. Why don't we ask him about it? And it it just seems like uh, maybe it's it's just too obvious, but maybe the Republicans would object because Katie, as you said, you know, putting him on the stand would open him up to other questions, like when you know when you said that who was it uh, Rohrbacher and, uh, and Trump were yeah. were paid by Putin according yeah. to yeah right. Mm-hmm. Well, you, you know, I, um, I I think that's interesting, but I don't think that was what it was. I think what because I I shared the outrage of basically all of outrage Twitter when <laughs> when they that when they voted for um, witnesses, they got that vote, they got the vote for witnesses, but then they decided to not go ahead with it. That the Democrats are spineless and all that stuff. And and listen, I I share the the belief that democrats don't stand up when they as much as they should but i think that that categorizing this as that is very foolish because i think what happened was they're taking a look at what the benefits are versus the drawbacks and what they're seeing is you know they said they want to call witnesses right they got the vote even lindsey graham is like yep i'm gonna change my vote and say we want witnesses right and here's the thing then squatter old squatter who's on trial his uh, representation is saying like, oh, we're going to call hundreds of witnesses, right? So then what they're going to do is just keep on trying to call witnesses, keep on having it objected to because no, the email lady is not on trial and she has no (laughs) relevant information. Um, And so then basically they would keep drawing it out and then the Republicans would spin this for as long as it goes on saying, look at what the Democrats are doing. They're more interested in going after a private citizen than they are in doing the business of the American people because they have no good ideas or whatever. The other thing about McCarthy is that, uh, and this is Kevin McCarthy, not Joe McCarthy, um, <laughs> is that is that he? It's 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 absolute fact that he would be a hostile witness. Yeah. At that point, at that point, you just got to cut your losses. They're like, you know what? We're not going to fucking open this door to have this woman come, uh, Herrera Butler. We're just going to get her get her information in, on the record because that's the only thing that's going to help us at this point. Because honestly, if you keep on calling witnesses when you have this much of a solid case that they presented, you're mm-hmm. just saying our case that we presented is weak. We need witnesses. Yeah. Right. 
I, I well, oh, yeah, because like Raskin's, yeah, Raskin's on right now. Hey, Dave, let me ask you: Do, do yarmulkes cause ball spots? <laughs> no, but I, you know, it's funny. Uh, I've been I've been considering getting more religious as as the helicopter landing pad on on the top of my head starts expanding. I'm like, you know, maybe maybe I do need to uh, start wearing a yarmulke, and uh, you know, uh, then we'll graduate the to the larger hat. I often Raskin has that. Uh, He's got the Ted Danson, that. yeah. Yeah, oh, it's Ted Danson's got that too. Oh yeah, he wears a rug. Uh, you know, I mean, it's basically yeah. you know a, a hairy yarmulke. Uh, yeah. I, and uh, hairy yarmulke, by the way, was uh, was my <laughs> second year Hebrew school teacher. Uh, <laughs> Harrison Yamaka. Good old yum. Good old yum. Hey, do you know how Euripides died? <laughs> Euripides? No, Katie. How did Euripides how the die? Hell Euripides? The Greek, the ancient In, Greek philosopher. Yeah. How, you know how he died? How did he die? Okay. Well, birds would drop turtles down on rocks. To kill them, right? So they would birds would fly up in the air, drop oh, the turtle, okay. it would hit a rock, crack it open, get that then, sweet, sweet the turtle, turtle inside. Would die, and then they would have their prey, right? Well, guess what? A bird dropped a turtle on Euripides' <laughs> bald head. <laughs> oh boy! Now that's uh, great. One more thing for me to worry about. <laughs> Nearsighted I birds. Tell you, you better get that rug on there. That's you know. I'll you just don't want to end up dead by a turtle. Start wearing more hats. I'll I'll talk to uh, Rob Buscemi. He's uh he's very sartorial uh and way up on on the hat game, so I'll have to ask him. A uh, total total side note, but you you Wait, remember? What? I know. So so weird for me and and on this show. Uh, but the like one of my favorite bad jokes. Uh, and this one, I I first heard it on Welcome Back, Cotter. I think it was the the opening of the show when when Gabe said, "Julie, Julie, did I ever tell you about my my uncle Merv?" No, no, you didn't tell me. Uh, and it's a joke about his his uncle who uh, grew up in a, a very mixed neighborhood uh, in in New York. You know, a lot of immigrants, and uh, had this Greek friend up the street, uh, Euripides Stavros. And so, uh, you know, you hang out with these kids, you grow up with them, but then people grow up, you, you grow apart, you move away. And so his uncle uh, becomes a tailor and he's, he's sitting in his tailor shop uh, at the counter one day and this guy walks in and like a dead ringer for his childhood friend grown up. And he gets really excited. Yeah, you know, the guy walks in uh, with a pair of pants and puts them on the counter, and and the tailor says, "Euripides." And the guy looks at me, and says, "Yeah, Eumenides." <laughs> oh, good. Oh, good. <laughs> and and somehow that that supplanted the turtle story in my head. <laughs> well, uh, you know, I like it, it better it's when you do the anteater. Yeah. <laughs> well. <laughs> In fairness, I said Euripides and you said Euripides, so that makes sense. But I will say this. Listen, to go back to something we were talking about, I'm going to make the most astute observation you've ever heard in your life, all of you. I mean, to the two of you, you're sitting down. I can see you. That's good. I want to make sure that everyone who's listening right now is sitting down. Okay, ready for it? This is the most polit- like most astute political observation you've ever heard in your entire life, okay? Jim Jordan is the Jim Jordan 
of Jim Jordan's. <laughs> and I want you to sit with that for a while. Oh, that is, wow. That is so disturbing. I, mean, I, hope I, didn't, I, hope I, mean, I didn't build it up too much when I said it. No, it's, yeah. I mean, it, it is every bit as astute as, as you suggested it would be. Okay. Yeah, uh, I guess. I guess. Yeah, he, he of. Uh, there was something I. I don't remember what it was. I saw him yammering on TV at some point in the past month, and he was actually wearing a jacket. And I was. I was very concerned, like Susan Collins levels of concern. That <laughs> is. Is he actually saying something serious? I mean, he's wearing a jacket. This is. This is not. Or or was it plausible deniability? That he just didn't want those words to be. No, it couldn't have been me. I, that guy was wearing a jacket. <laughs> he yelled like me, but couldn't see his shirt sleeves. I don't trust that man. Um, yeah, we, you know we're we're talking uh, about Jim Jordan. And I I want to get back to to wacky Republicans in relation to the trial. Because uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, who, uh, as it was revealed by, uh, I guess, the Daily Mail this week, so tabloid, but apparently uh, cheated on her husband uh, twice with a couple guys uh, she met and worked with at the gym that she worked at. Uh, so Jim Jordan, see, it, it, it all You know what, David? In. Some people say that that story doesn't matter and that we should focus on the damage that she's doing. But you know what? <laughs> I care because I'm petty spice. Well, it's, you know, much like the the house managers wanted to make the case that this wasn't about the one speech on the 6th. Uh, I, I am not one to, to kink shame anyone or shame anyone for having sex. You know, you do you, and if it's consensual, you do other people. That's fine. But for someone in the Senate, and and it, it speaks to their credibility, and for someone who is as batshit crazy as she is, to think that she has any moral high ground any standing i i like to mention things like this to to just demonstrate that no no she doesn't she she has no credibility and the reason i'm bringing her up not just to to talk about her affairs but after uh representative herrera butler brought up uh her account of the kevin mccarthy phone call marjorie taylor green apparently threatened her saying, Hey, you better watch what you say. 74 million Trump voters are, are watching and listening. Uh-huh. And in light of the fact that the Senate is currently in the midst of a trial claiming that the, the former president, uh, the, the twice impeached former president incited a mob and, use that mob to attack the Congress and attack his vice president. Uh, Maybe just suggesting Marjorie Taylor green, that this may not be the best time a to threaten other members of Congress, but B especially not to threaten them with the Trump mob. Mm, just yeah. a just well, a thought. Well, I mean, well, I mean, but at least she isn't live tweeting where 
uh, Pelosi's movements on the day of the violent overthrow, like that gal with the gun. But admittedly, it's a pretty low bar now. Yeah. And you haven't seen Pelosi. Well, I mean, she's, you know, yeah. she's busy with house stuff. This is a, this has been a Senate trial. Right. Yeah. But I'm just saying, you know, I'm, you know, her name's come up and they haven't, you haven't seen oh. her. Yeah, well, that was, you know, that was one of the interesting things they were talking about this morning uh, on on the news that, you know, the, the Republicans, if witnesses were going to be called in the trial, the Republicans wanted to call on Nancy Pelosi to ask why the House didn't do anything to to ensure that there was more of a police presence at the Capitol. And my guess is that got shut down real quick by the other person who would have been equally responsible for a decision like that on the senate side and speaking of of dropping turtles that would be mr turtle himself (laughs) mitch mcconnell (laughs) and i'm not saying i'm not saying that mitch mcconnell killed euripides (laughs) you mended these you mended these oh god seriously can someone just please put a pillow over my face and take me away mike lindell I've got just the person for you. Um, and, well, you know, Jared, and Jared Hope. <laughs> He's coming out with his own pillow. Oh, boy. I, you know, speaking of Mike Lindell, like, just real quick, and as long as we're casting aspersions on people, is it just me or did it seem like he was back on the crack in, in the past couple of weeks? Because he, you know, he does talk about his former crack addiction. That's a big part of the, the selling the Mike Lindell story that, you know, he was a crack addict and then he found Jesus and then decided to shred pillows and put them in larger pillows. But yeah. like watching him, the, the news clip on, was it Newsmax where, where the anchor walked off? Uh, yeah. The like, <laughs> Dude, I I mean, I've been around a lot of people uh, over the course of years who have been in the middle of a Coke binge, and some of them did not hold a candle to to Mike Lindell on television. It was just like, oh, my God. Well, and you know what? I have something uh, exciting to tell you. Mike Lindell looks exactly like Fred Trump. Oh, wow. Wow. I'm serious. Yeah. And, he, and, you know, since he said he found Jesus, you know, there was a lot of uh, people. I know, you know some people have found Jesus in many places. My dad's friend, uh, Maxie, uh, found Jesus in a dumpster. Mm. Yeah. Time and I lost Jesus in my couch cushions. <laughs> well. <laughs> you know, my, yeah. at my 10th high school reunion, I ran into, uh, ran into someone who I hadn't seen in 10 years. Go figure. But I, 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 hey, how are you? You know, what have you been up to? And she just got this big smile on her face and said, I'm great. My life has been so good since I found Jesus. And I asked, did you, did you find him behind the couch? Was, was he in the cushions? Was he? And the look on her face said everything I needed to know that the conversation was over. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah my dad's <laughs> friend, Maxie, came into $15,000. He lived in the project. Was this the guy who bought a boat? Huh? (laughs) Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm I'm jumping on your punch. That's the guy that bought the boat. (laughs) Yeah, and he's he's the one that also (laughs) found. Oh, I got to hear all about this later. (laughs) Yeah, and he's the one that found Jesus in the dumpster. And and he said that the rat that he was in there, 
And he said, this rat was talking to him. He said, he said, you need Jesus. He said, what? He said, I need Jesus? Yes, you need Jesus. I really said, yes, you need Jesus. He said, he was, the rat was talking to him. He said, you damn sure gonna need Jesus if you don't get the fuck from in front of my food that you're blocking. I'm gonna rip a hole in your ass. You gonna need Jesus. <laughs> and he moved. And so my mother fell out laughing, but he said, I knew I should have went to church. He said, because the rat told me you need Jesus. <laughs> oh, boy. I, you know, I just make it a habit. You know, I try and pay attention to animals that are in my care. But uh, generally, if if they talk, I, I pay no attention to what they're saying. Parrots, occasionally. That's a hell of a drunk, though, when, you, when you're talking, when you think that you're, you know, it's kind of like when you see that they, they uh, record those dogs. They say, rrr, 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 rrr. Yeah, like they're talking and shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you just did the, uh, I think you, you just did the, uh, the, the dog bark from the beginning of the Beastie Boys Sure Shot. <laughs> they went, rrr, 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 rrr. Yeah. So Marjorie Taylor Greene, Jim Jordan, we're, we're, talking about all these horrible Republicans. Let's talk about some of the, the more reformed ones, because one of the stories that I found interesting this week and sort of brought up some old thoughts, uh, Steve Schmidt announced this week that he was resigning from the Lincoln Project because uh, there, there are now numerous allegations against one of the other founding members that he was propositioning young boys online, which yes. not a good look. Uh, and Steve Schmidt I wonder was, if he knew the code, like the dude in the bathroom, remember the, the congressman they caught that were going to the bathroom. Oh, with the, the wide would, stance. Yeah. And he would do the code Larry, uh, <laughs> Larry, um, what was his name? Oh, and he yeah. was trying to get I never heard of this shit. He would do like a little code, like knock knock on the floor and shit. Yeah, oh, there's, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, there's, yeah, there's yeah. like a whole Larry thing. Craig. That's what it was. Oh my god, I almost said Larry David. <laughs> <laughs> Larry David did not do this. <laughs> Larry David as Bernie Sanders commenting yeah. on that. I gotta say, David, this is not a. This is seriously not a basket of deplorables anymore. This is a. This is a, a meat locker of them. <laughs> And think that Hillary Clinton got in trouble for call for everything that she said. It's happening. He called her the crook, and he's the fucking crook. And yeah. then she called them deplorables, and yet they are deplorables. Look what they did. Yeah, and it's that's like, amazing. It is amazing. Well, and I want to get back to that uh, because that that plays into another note that I took this week that I wanted to talk about. But I, I bring up Steve Schmidt. And the Lincoln Project, because I, I guess it was shortly before the election. And this is one of those things where, for me, it came out of nowhere. There was, there was an editorial, uh, I think in USA Today, of all places, suggesting that there was talk about if Biden wins, should there be someone like from the Lincoln Project on the cabinet? Yeah, there, there were people... and. It's like when the first thing you hear about this 
is an editorial saying, oh, this shouldn't happen. And you're like, wait, when the fuck was anyone saying that it should happen? But but there Mm. was talk about, you know, what do we, how do you solve a problem like the Lincoln Project? Because... The- How do you catch a cloud and keep it down? <laughs> Thank you. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> but th- there were people who were suggesting that there should be some sort of political payment for what they did to take Trump down. And at the time, I I was like, no, you know, the, the, there is these people have no position in a, a potential Biden administration. They have been useful tools. It's great. They they helped to take down Trump. They got what they wanted. We got what we wanted. That's where it should end. So. It is with some delight that I'm seeing the dissolution of the Lincoln Project this week because it's, you know, it's just, it's trouble off the table. With with the Lincoln Project, presumably by this time next week, being a thing of the past, we, we don't have to worry about conversations of, well, what kind of bone are, are the Democrats going to throw to the Republicans? It's just, it plays into this false Republican sense of bipartisanship, you know, which mm-hmm. essentially means you guys get to be in charge nominally, but you still give up everything to us as if we were still in charge. That's, that's Republican bipartisanship, and that is not bipartisanship at all. Well, I, th- I'll tell you what I thought was dangerous about the Lincoln Project. Now, I love that they helped get that squatter out of office. And they did help. And they helped with the Senate. They mm-hmm. helped. They helped. But, however, it was something that the Democrats, the more centrist, I hate these words, but whatever, the more centrist and the more progressive Democrats come together and do these kind of ads themselves or or, I mean, really, I mean, this, they basically did a, a it was, it was a, 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 um, a, a really nice lesson on how this should be done. But, okay, but I'm getting, again, I'm caffeinated. I'm going to say that again. Um, what the problem <laughs> with the Lincoln Project was, was that they were, I feel like ultimately, because they're like, we're a group of Republicans. It was going to try to normalize the morality of fiscal conservatism, whereas, like, I feel like there's this kind of new breed of Republican that's like social conservatism is dead, but we're about fiscal conservatism. And I actually find the fiscal, it, it took me a long time to get there, but I realized that the fiscal conservatism is just as devoid of morality, if not more so, than the other. Well, and, and I would, I, I would not take that further. That kind of lurking around. I would take that further as to say that. Fiscal conservatism is, as we've seen through practical use of it in this country, it is a great way for institutionalized racists to deny that they are being racist. Fiscal conservatism is largely all about putting the quiet part back into the quiet, and oh no, 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 yeah, sure, we you know we back all these policies that tend to hurt African-Americans and other minority communities before. And, you know, if you look at the instruction manual, you will see that is a feature, not a bug, but it gives them the, the deniability. No, 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 no. We're just fiscally conservative. You know, if, if all these people can't, you know, pull themselves up by their bootstraps, because not only have we tied their hands behind their backs and taken their bootstraps, we've taken their boots 
but this is this is not about hurting them. This, this is about fiscal conservatism. Who, like I said, like the guy who said to me, "You don't deserve because you got a job. You don't deserve to get money." And and what gets Republicans in trouble is that they have they just have no morality. I mean, they don't they don't care. They don't have no humanity either, because you have to help your people. You know, you've got to be able to quit looking at folks having a handout. What they think the GI Bill was, okay? The GI Bill alone was was to help white folks get homes and go to college when they got out. That's government. You keep saying, oh, we want small government. That was huge government. What do you think the suburbs were created? They were created for white people. Black people were not allowed. That they, they created covenants to say you could state that you are not to allow black people to move into these places. Mm-hmm. They gave them housing. Projects were created for white people. This is all government. Your freeways are federal government. They keep lying. And then they sit up and they talk, we're conservative. We're the fuck you. You know, you're not. You got all the fucking programs. Mm-hmm. What do you think? That was like they're talking about opioids right now. Where were you when the crack was out? Where were you when you were locking up fucking people for a bag of weed? Fuck you. You're not you're the lying. Everyone keeps talking. I, you know, yes, a lot of people are, you know, you have Democrats who are down the middle or you have, you know, certain things. But this whole that whole bootstrap and I pull my stuff. Fuck you. You have, you know, well, we're the we're the we're the um, Republic of, of, of Lincoln or whatever they say, you know. OK. Yeah. And then everything fucking flipped. And you know why black people left? Because they didn't give a shit about civil rights. They never wanted black people to have rights. Even Rand Paul even said that he would... Rand Paul voted against an anti-lynching law. Come on, man. How how fucked up are you? You know, so you can't... When they say all this conservative and uh, it's bullshit, and then it's always you're taking care of the corporation. You're the fuckers that sent our jobs over overseas and told people to stop taking vocational classes and and you know not you took all that out of the high school and you wanted to privatize everything privatization is the way to go only privatization and we did that and what did you do you fucked the people that's why we got to have government to go after you guys also what happens republicans don't like regulations they hate regulations and what happened 2008 debacle we get fucked you damn near send everybody. You got all those bad loans that you pumped into the damn, into the stock market. You damn near bankrupt not just us, but the whole world would have been bankrupt if we then we had to go in and bail out banks. But you didn't want to bail out the people, and you keep yeah. forgetting about the people. Yeah, and and you know what, Timon? Let me just take a step. I, I I love what you're saying, and you're absolutely right. Let me just take a step back for a moment, back to the Lincoln Project for a moment. They are talking about principled Republicans, principled conservatism. But here's the deal. Um, the idea, let's even say it's moral. Let's even say it's, it's just a, a way of thinking. And let's just say it's something we can have a debate about, about um, the free market. 
whether there should be no regulations because the people will decide and the free market will, you know, will take care of itself because people will purchase things or not purchase things and let people earn the money they can and no taxes or low taxes or whatever. Let's just say that that's a way of thinking. The American public absolutely resoundingly rejected that after the Great Depression. Mm. People were like, fuck no. Because then what did we do? We had to dig all of them out because they let these people run wild. Mm -hmm. This is not new. This is something the American people rejected. And that's why all of these family values garbage and stuff like that crept into it. And this religion crept into the Republican Party. And they don't even have anything to do with free market capitalism. No, no, it's, but well, they it's, had to I think, introduce it because people rejected the idea of a completely unregulated society. Yeah. And I think the reason that religion came into it, it it's a confluence of means of control that, oh, oh well, yeah. you know, the American people uh, don't want complete deregulation. How do we tie this into Jesus? Because a lot of them like Jesus. So if we make them like think there's a link and it's, it's largely about marketing and, you know, I used to, I used to think, and I've complained about this on the show before that, how is it that most of the like good creatives are Democrats, but the Republicans beat the fuck out of us at, at messaging. And I think a lot of it is also, largely it's not just skill in messaging it's about the target audience and you know i've i've been it it seems like you know the last couple months i've sort of been on a tirade about how republicans and and the more religious the evangelicals are already more susceptible to this faith rather than proof based thinking not religion mm -hmm. faith but you just got to yeah. believe you know parappa the rapper uh but i i don't want to bring parappa into this because you know but you know dave it's the same thing they did with, with i mean you asked how did they you know they introduce they introduced christianity with slavery they've been doing it for shit since we built this country everything is connected to that the puritans would tell them that they were followers of aristotle and they stated, oh, well, Not yeah. Not Euripides. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right up there, yeah, with the rip. Yeah, good old rip. Yeah, and they were, you know, and, and if, you know, they, if, they, if you caught a white dude sleeping with a slave, you know, oh, well, is she a Christian slave? Because if she's not a Christian slave, then you can get 30 life. But if you go ahead and make her a Christian, you can continue to screw and rape her all you want. No big deal. Because it's in the name of God, you know, and so... <laughs> You know, and then, and then but if Gee, a white happy woman, Valentine's Day. If, if, yeah, if a white woman wanted to go and sleep with, go find her a big black buck to screw, that was a disgrace to the nation. She wasn't allowed to do it. But it was done in the name of God. Yes, yes, she was. God, that's and, so good, Timon. You're so yeah, right. <laughs> but, I mean, it's, it's all bullshit. And yeah. they've been selling that, you know, and they, like you said, Dave, they know their audience, they seek them out. The same audiences that, that when they took over Wilmington, North Carolina, they found the white militia who would listen to the rich white who had because they lost the first election when the prominent blacks and the poor whites came together and won. And the rich mm. whites got the poor whites. Said, oh, no, we're never going to. Next thing you know, 
They showed up with 2,000 militia, fucking burned down the, the newspapers, shot a bunch of and lynched folks, and next thing you know, they overthrew the government. Mm. Well, that is, did, and it was all done when? In the name of God. Yeah. Uh-huh. In the name of God. And that, that is a, actually, that provides a great segue into the point that... Wait, wait, wait. wait yeah, yeah, yeah. I got to say something no, no, about no, the please messaging, do. though. And then, but remember what you're about to say. Yeah. Okay? Oh, it's, I got it written down um, right here. <laughs> before you segue... The messaging thing, David, I, I, you really got me thinking um, about what you were saying about the in- and and time and you jumping on it too about the intended audience. But the thing is, I don't think it's the intent. I don't think that the the Republican Party gets it because of the intended audience. I think they're getting it because the idea is to keep it stupid and intellectually lazy. Whereas Democrats want to be like, I want to explain this, and I get it. But listen, advertising is. You know, like, uh, what's more powerful? A woman has a right to ha- express her own, have sovereignty over her own body and whatever. How about baby killer? Okay, how about baby killer? All right, yeah. how about that? How about, how about Coke is it? <laughs> it's like yeah. the, and, and by the way, that didn't target conservatives or liberals. It was Coke is it. And it was probably the biggest ad campaign ever. How about, how about that the most popular lyric of a decade was it's getting hot in here. So take off all your clothes. I am getting so hot. I'm going to take my clothes off. It's like, it's like Democrats get the fucking memo. Yeah. Baby shark. Do to do to do. No, I think you're, I think you're absolutely right. And, and that also plays into what I was about to say. Oh, which <laughs> because you know we're going from the militias and the messaging another question that occurred to me this week is watching watching the trial and they were talking about the the different groups that were you know part of the uh the insurrection or the resurrection if you were to believe uh Trump's lawyers but you you had the proud boys you had the oath keepers you had the three percenters which got me to thinking what is it about Nazis that makes them hate being called Nazis? <laughs> I mean, it's we could like get psychologists in here to to talk about the the psychology of identity, but why if if you identify with this group so strongly, why do you refuse to take their name? And is is that just the marketing? Is it that, well, no one's going to listen to, you know, someone who calls himself a Nazi right off the bat. But if you come in calling yourself a proud boy or an oath keeper, then then you have enough time for them to, like, get hooked in before they realize, oh, you're just a Nazi. Well, that's probably connect. That's probably patriotism. I mean, you told the Black Lives Matter. Yeah, there's racism, but we don't want you saying anything about it. Just let it go. Yeah, yeah, that's not, you know, uh, yeah, you know, uh, I'm going to wear it like the Klan. Why did the Klan wear a hood? If you're going to do this, you already got, you know, you're already saying you don't like them and, and you got the signs and you got the laws, you know, but yet you're going down, you know, burning down people. Just just go ahead and do it. You're not going to go to jail, right? You can lynch as many brothers as you want. Nothing's going to happen. Because Why? All the juries are white. Everybody's white. Why are you? Why are you running around with a hood on? If you're so much into everything, just fucking go and do it. You're a white dude. You get away with it. You know. But and it's all. It's it's, it's really stupid. And they. Why then? Yeah. Yeah. But everything is is you know. 
I've been asking the question, you know, why are white dudes so angry? What, where does this white rage come from? For what? what? What's happening to them? You know, why are you, I mean, you got it. I mean, pretty much. I mean, if you, if you say that there's no color, then take the job application and take all of that. Why do I have to mark a box about who I am? Okay, take it off. You don't need it. If everything you say we want the level playing field, there's no racism, there's no systemic racism, everything is cool, we don't do that, get rid of it. Yeah, hey, but as long as you bring that up, how come we have a Black History Month while white people only get the rest of the year? Yeah, how about that? <laughs> how about that? Yeah. Well, you know, Timon, this is a, I mean, this is something we need to, and, and David, I thought your question was great. Why aren't you just like wearing a Nazi, you don't see Nazi flags, really. I mean, you see them sometimes, but that's not the main thing. The main thing is Confederate flags, right? Yeah. Right. Um, why not just carry the Nazi flag? Why? I don't know. Why hide your face under a hood when, you know, you well, were talking about I, I, killing. I will ask, I will ask. Then why the hell did we go to war? Why did we, everybody's, you know, Drew Brees said, my grandfather fought and so and so fought. We fought the Nazis, rah, rah, rah. And then all of a sudden, you motherfuckers are doing this. Yeah. And you're, you're, you're fucking, you got your arms out. Okay. You're, you're, and you're bringing the, the Confederate flag, your law, everything. We did all these people died so you can have a freedom and you go back to the fuckers who almost took over the world because you want to embrace that now. I mean, we even, matter of fact, quite as kept, we treated the German prisoners that they that they moved to uh, America better than we treated the black people who went and fought. Yeah, America. You know, and then you go after the Jews who, you know, say, well, wait a minute, bro. You know, all these guys are immigrants. We're bringing up, now, you can, now you're blaming the Jew, which was started... I forget who they said started that uh, when they got to the States. Uh, well, I, I know D the Dulles brothers were behind that, pushing the whole thing, you know, because he uh, Foster Dulles was the secretary of state to uh, Eisenhower. You know, that left the, the remember the ship St. Louis? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that the reason why that ship was never able to come in, they blocked it. And that and Dulles and the guys were part of that to keep that ship from coming. They, it sat out there for the longest and they knew what was oh. happening and they were still cutting deals with the SS. Foster Dulles was representing the very gas company, the, the very company that made the gas. They were still represented as well as they, the, the name of the, the law firm was uh, Simon and Cromwell is the name of the law firm. So, you know, yeah, that's crazy. Uh, what you were saying, Timon, before about where is all this where is all this rage coming from? And I think that's such a good question. And I think that psychology will tell you unequivocally. And by the way, I'm not meaning to have any kind of empathy or sympathy or write a New York New York Times think piece about <laughs> Trump voters. <laughs> but it is absolutely that level, that kind of rage, or generally anger and rage, always comes mm -hmm. from fear. So it's like, and again, I'm not saying this in any kind of way. It's like, mm, what are you afraid of? It's just, this is just a means of understanding. Yeah, I mean, like, you, you saw know. them march in the thing, and they were tearing up shit. I'm like, dude, what are you guys angry about? Well, what, well what we, we, know, we know from That's Charlottesville they're, they're afraid of being replaced by Jews. Yeah, we will <laughs> not be. For what one the thing, hell? Jews will Who not replace us. This mess? Where is it that 
You feel you less than you don't live in the hood. You, you never got, you know, you didn't, no one, I mean, Jim Crow, I mean, the Civil Rights Act was signed in, 1950, in 1964, only 50, 56 years ago. You know, and, and we, and we like, have yet you, to, we have yet to enact it. <laughs> yes, <laughs> right? right. I mean, we're in the same, and, and and they still didn't want it. And then wait a minute. So there are some people that said, "Hey, you know what? We were cool with segregation, but they didn't like black people advancing even in segregation. We couldn't win either way. You didn't want uh, you didn't want us." You know, you didn't want us to succeed in any way. And every chance you got to shut us down, they shut us down. Taking land, whatever. And then they say, oh, we're going to be integrated. Okay, great. Integration. Didn't want us integrated. So what do you want us to have? Nah, can't have that either. I don't know. And they're still angry. For what? Well, this this whole this whole Make America Great Again movement, the, the modern one, the, the Trump one, is completely rooted in we need to make America great again by going back to a place where we weren't hurtling toward a white minority country. That's well, that's what that, that's what they that's I, what they tapped into. I and think I it's, don't understand. I don't understand it. I do not understand. It's it's that, but it's also you know longing for a pre woke era and finger quotes were made on woke when you know before when it was. You know, it wasn't okay to rape. It, it wasn't okay to to beat people up for being black. But you know, shit happens. Take a mulligan. You know, sorry. It it was a time when there was, you know, less accountability for for white people doing the shit that white people do. But I mean, and. It's and like white men specifically, them. you know, I mean, with the, with the rape and thing, but I think that's, you know, that's the, the more idyllic it's, it's kind of like how whenever Trump would complain about something not being fair, it had to be viewed through a lens that his definition of fair means stacked in my favor. Right. Well, and yeah, that because, that's I mean, what he was used to. And so for for white men and white Americans, making America great again was going back to a time when things were, quote unquote, fair, when the deck was totally stacked in their favor. And a lot of people knew about it, but nobody really had the power to do anything about it. It kind of reminds me time and I realize I keep cutting you off, so I'm, I'm going to shut up no, in a minute. Right. But... I remember, I think I was in uh, 6th grade, maybe, 5th grade. I really have to think back on it. But I remember we were playing floor hockey in gym. You know, and usually, like, there were sports you would play in gym class, like, for a week. So it's floor hockey week. Or if, you know, the weather was too crappy for us to go outside and run, you come inside and you floor hockey, bombardment, something to keep the kids busy. And I think that our class, the gym class had, like, fifth, sixth graders in the same gym class. And this one bully who was in, you know, he was a year older than me, got the puck and it was like everybody cleared away. And it's like, oh, let let him go, you know, because he's a bully. He's going to be mean. You don't want to piss him off. And me being, you know, obstinate and fairly stupid, but, you know, in a, in a rare moment of courage, I fucking charged him. 
And the, the look of surprise on his face that like, wait, someone is, what the fuck, you know? And I think America was that bully for a long time. And then the civil rights movement in the sixties was that like, Hey, what do I have to lose? Getting a, getting a shit deal anyway. All the massacres that happened, uh all of them were over economic jealousy. Every last one of them. No matter what black people did to set themselves straight. You said you didn't want us over here? Cool, we'll go over and create our, our own over here. Do you know how many black businesses were lost to integration? Black businesses sold, were, were, they folded because of integration. Because it was supposed to help us. But it also, in a way, stopped a lot of black businesses from thriving. Because they were selling to their own. They were trying, blacks wanted to be kind of like Jews. Jews were selling to their own, but they, they sold everybody. But they also, you know, they put their money together. And black communities were growing. That's why they talk about Black Wall Street uh, all the time. They talk about Tulsa, Oklahoma, because of what it was able to do. The anger, that there again, there's a jealousy and there's an anger. You keep saying, I mean, they would keep saying, pull yourself up by your bootstraps. They said, oh, wait a minute. You said, go fight for the war. Okay, we fought World War I, World War II, Korean War. We fought everything you wanted because we wanted to show that we were worthy. Black people wanted to show they were worthy. Then the Hispanics, too. Anybody that was an immigrant or whatever, they would go to that war and fight because I. they said, hey, man, this is democracy. I want to be a part of it. Yeah, and it turned and out it was, what? hey, why don't you go overseas and, and fight our enemies? We're going to stay home and move the goalposts. Right. Later. But I, one, one of the things that, that I, I, I want to, I mean, not necessarily a rebuttal, but, you know, you talk about like the, the blacks selling to blacks and like the Jews. And I think you, you have to make a distinction between the, the protectionist sense of that, that, oh, no, we're, we're insular and we, we're staying in our community and fuck the outsiders. And, you you know, you did qualify. You said the Jews sold other people. You know, and you you'd still see that with the ultra orthodox, you know, in their right. communities, whether it's like the the weird little suburbs outside of New York City, or even you know Fairfax District uh, right. here in L.A. Uh, there there are you know insular communities, but I think a lot of it comes down to knowing your market. You know, like if I were to open a convenience store. Uh, anywhere in my neighborhood or South. And I wanted to have a, a section of black hair care products. I wouldn't know jack shit about, you know, it's like, I know what I see when I, when I go to the supermarket, I know what I see on the shelves, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't know anything about that. Whereas but, but, stuff- but, 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 yeah, even though blacks knew their own traditions and they had, they sold to their own, you know, that was the whole thing. they, were able to work with others and, and get out. So not only did they sell to their own people, they understood on how to expand. And as they expanded, there again was that white, what I'm, is that white rage, as they call it, that there's a threat. As you said, uh, Katie, there's this fear. You know, it, it, you, you remember the movie In the Heat of the Night? Yes, yeah, Sidney Poitier and Carol O'Connor. And he, and yeah, and when he told him how much he said, "I'll pay you for the call if you would call Philadelphia," and he and he said, "How much money do you make, boy?" I make such and such, and he was like, 
I don't even get that how much money. And that was that whole, he immediately felt, you felt the jealousy that here this guy comes in from Philadelphia, comes down to Mississippi. Philadelphia. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, you know, he's making all this, making way more money than him. And that's, that bothered him more than anything. Mm. And it still bothers people today. That's why they would say that Joe Biden and Kamala Harris are communists. Anybody that wants peace, that's the old McCarthy shit. Everybody that wanted peace, they called them what? Communists. Mm -hmm. Well, I think this goes back to what Katie was saying of of the marketing and the branding and the the nuance. Because the thing is, you know, you call a Democrat a communist or a socialist, and as as we've already seen on today's episode, yeah, they're going to say, oh, you don't like socialism? Well. You know, Social Security, Medicare, fucking highways, the the police department, fire department. This is all socialism, and and this is the difference in in the nuance. It's it's not about actual socialism or communism. It it is about tagging them with a name like socialist, like right. baby killer. Right. It's intellectually lazy branding, but that's what people respond to. But I do want to make an important point. Tymon does not know anything about black hair care products. <laughs> he doesn't know anything about hair care products, period. Well, that's that's he why I was watching hair. myself right. there. That's... I had a jerry curl at one time in the afro. I did. I had it. But this is... I, I carried my bottle. I, my, my collar was always greasy, and my pillow would stick to my face. <laughs> So I yeah I do remember those days very flammable though that, very flammable. dangerous for a man like you <laughs> yeah yeah a buddy of mine you know front part of his forehead got burned yeah yeah, yeah. You, I, you I can't know smoke cigarettes around it yeah I knew uh, girls girls in high school back in the eighties you know with the with the amount of Aquanet they were using uh, yeah drip, the drip, smoking drip. smoking was definitely definitely a, a hazard there as well but tying everything together because i was i was about to say passover is coming tying up. everything together <laughs> like, jesus catching catching <laughs> the wow you're you're good lady you are good but but bringing it all together uh, i was about to start talking about passover and in terms of jews knowing to sell to their own i i just learned this last year which is kind of amazing, but Maxwell House Coffee has kind of had like a grip on on Passover. Definitely more in the more Jewish areas, but a lot of supermarkets when Passover is coming up will have free copies of the the Maxwell House Haggadah, the the prayer book that you use for a seder. And I, you know, always just took it for granted, and that was like the the Haggadah my family used. And I was able to find them at Ralph's uh, in Glendale a couple of years ago. I was really amazed. But apparently, back back in the late 1800s, early 1900s, when there was a large influx of, of Jewish immigrants, there was no kosher for Passover coffee. And so a lot of Jews would just switch to tea during Passover. And a lot of the Jewish supermarkets would just take all the coffee off the shelves during Passover and fill fill the shelf space with tea or other Passover foods. And so the uh, the founders of Maxwell House were like, well, why don't why don't we make some kosher for Passover coffee? And having worked in a food plant uh, while we were making, I, I worked in a date plant when I lived in Israel for a little while. 
and I was working there while we were making the, the kosher for Passover dates. And what that entails is basically you get a couple of rabbis who come in and hang out and watch you work. And when you, when you break for a meal, they do the, the ritual prayer and wash your hands. And then when you come out of the meal, they make sure you don't have any breadcrumbs on you and let you go back to, to packaging food. And so the, the guys in charge of Maxwell House were like, why don't we make a kosher for Passover coffee? And so they were the first ones to do it, and, and they were pioneers. And to this day, Jews like myself are drinking Maxwell House. Good to the last drop. Point being that, you know. You still uh, drink Maxwell House, uh, don't you? Yes, I do. Yes, yeah. I do. You know, got to gotta honor the uh, the OGs. So it may be with, you know, blacks being able to sell to blacks, be it hair care products or what have you, Jews right. being able to sell to Jews, be it coffee or what have you. And for whites, what are they selling? Ignorance. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it sells because they know the market. They know the audience. Interesting. Just, mm-hmm. a, just a nice thought I thought we could, we could go out on today. <laughs> it sounds like you just wrapped this whole thing up with a bow. Isn't it? Isn't it kind of like that? <laughs> <laughs> By the way, either that or just locked us all into a mental institution. Well, I, we have time. We have time for that, and and thank God for maybe that will be possible under Joe Biden's proposed healthcare <laughs> solution. And and I do want to I do want to end with a couple other notes because we did bring up that the Trump attorneys finished their their display of uh, could you even call it evidence i don't know it was right. some ominous video package that they kept showing over and over right. I, it felt like you know why don't, why don't you just come and do the ludovico technique and tie me to the chair and, and prop my eyes open right. but they they ended with a, a very disingenuous well we're we're going to keep this short because we think the the senate should be focusing on on covid relief Right. Like, no, no, you're cutting it short because you don't have a case. But it, it struck me as funny that they would suggest that the Senate should be working on COVID relief instead when earlier in the week, the Biden administration announced that they had acquired enough doses of the vaccine to vaccinate every adult in America by the end of summer. So already on it. And with that, I, I do wish to thank you for being <laughs> with us here today. Katie Massa Kennedy, so great to have you here. Should you so desire, where can people catch up with you and what you've got going on online or in person in the coming days, weeks, and months? Hmm. Well, my Twitter is Katie Massa. I'm actually going to be doing a, a show this Wednesday, the 17th, over Zoom. Um, it is at, uh, 7 PM Pacific time, 10 PM Eastern standard time. And I will post the information about that on my Facebook page and keep that information public. So that's Katie Massa Kennedy. Right on. Well, and we will, we will share that along as well. And, uh, if I don't talk to you before Wednesday, break legs and have fun. Thank you. Right on. And thanks for being 
here with us today. Thank you for having me. I'm actually being earnest right now. Oh. I really enjoy this, and I uh, love talking about this stuff with you too, guys. So thanks. Right on. Yeah, you, right. you as well. It's uh, it's always a pleasure and and a lot of fun. So thank you for that, Mister Time and Ship. Always part of the fun. Thank you for Yo, being bro. here today. Should you so <laughs> desire, where can people catch up with you and what you've got going on online or in person in the coming days, weeks, and months? Time and ship at Twitter. Time and ship at Instagram. Time and ship at Facebook. Uh, also, my new website is is being worked out. Uh, it's going to be on uh, timeandship.com. And you can get my book, My East St. Louis, on Amazon or my cd universal brother on um cd baby as well as spotify right and on. iTunes. yeah excellent well thank you very much for being here and looking forward to to doing this again next week me i'm dr david robinson you can find me on the socials on facebook i am dr david robinson on the twitter i am at stand up fall down and if you've made it this far into the show you probably already know but it bears repeating that we are on the socials on facebook all spelled out let's be treasonable and on the twitter we are at l-e-t-s-b-t-r-e-a-s-o-n-a-b-l we take off the e's and pass the savings on to you the listener speaking of you the listener I want to thank you for listening if you liked what you heard tell everyone you know rate and review us on the platforms where you're listening even the platforms where you're not listening if you have the time we would appreciate it if you didn't like it well glad you stuck around not sure why you did but make you a deal you don't tell anyone we won't tell anyone everybody's happy we will be back next week to keep everyone happy until then goodbye goodbye, goodbye.